Hello, friends, and welcome to HC Weekly. This is a podcast proclaiming the love of God on display through Jesus Christ. We're so glad you're with us, and I need to tell you, we've been expecting you. We encourage you to tune in for an important announcement at the end. And now it's time for today's message. We hope you enjoy. I've had to bring my fan up here just in case. Woman of a certain age, you never know when that's going to hit. So I've got my fan. I think I feel pretty secure. I'm going to title this message, Moving Forward, Healing from 2020's Shibboleth. (laughs) Moving Forward, Healing from 2020's Shibboleth. I want to begin with a tragically hilarious story. If you have your Bible with you, open to Judges chapter 12. And I want to set the stage. In Judges chapter 12, you have two Israelite tribes, and there's infighting. Much like Hatfields and McCoys, perhaps they even lost track of why this feud began. But ever since it began, the smallest thing can trigger the animosity between the Ephraimites and the Gileadites. Again, bear in mind, these were cousins. These people were family. So in Judges chapter 12, we pick it up with verses 5 and 6. And I am very aware this morning, just as an aside, that we do have our kids with us. So if I really talk much faster than what you're used to hearing me, I'm trying to be sensitive to that. Verses 5 and 6. The Gileadites captured the fords of the Jordan leading to Ephraim. And whenever a fugitive from Ephraim would say, Oh, please let me cross over. The Gileadites would ask him, Are you an Ephraimite? And if he answered, uh, no, then they told him, say shibboleth. And so if he said, uh, uh, shibboleth, because he couldn't pronounce it correctly, they grabbed him and killed him at the bridge of the Jordan. So at that time, 42,000 Ephraimites were killed. 42,000 men who should have been family, who should have been able to bridge their differences, died on a bridge because they couldn't pronounce a pet word the same as their brethren. In 2020, between pandemic and election, y'all, that was a shibboleth year. That was a dark dark year and I would dare to say that more than 42,000 relationships have been a casualty of 2020's shibboleth there's a prophetic analogy here and it's about grace The prophetic message illustrates what can happen and indeed what will happen if we let our pet words and our pet issues come between us. 
in our churches, in our families, in our friendships, in our marriages. I should say marriage. I hope you just have one. We can find ourselves defending this non-essential perspective and throwing people off the bridge instead of defending people and throwing the non-essential perspective off the bridge. There's a lot of Gileadites out there who have adopted so many pet words, so many side issues for which they are most passionate that they've done away with local church altogether. And I'm sure we all know of a few. Now, they're going to try to tell you that they're part of the church. They mean the church universal. They're still part of the church. But Psalms 68.6 says this. It says, God sets the solitary into families. Please notice it does not say that God sets the solitary into a country. It doesn't even say that God gives the solitary a special city. It doesn't say that God puts the solitary in a nice village. It doesn't even say that God gives the solitary good neighbors. An accurate paraphrase of this verse for our purposes here this morning would be, God sets the lone rangers smack dab in one local church because his heart is for them to flourish. And part of flourishing is he also wants them to find out that they aren't as spiritually mature as they thought they were. (laughs) I have discovered that so many times. Now, this message isn't just about church life. I want us to think about relationships in general. So think with me. You know that every child is so different in their personalities. They're different in their rate of development, right? How does a tiny newborn person best grow? What is the richest, wisest way to raise that baby? Is it by constant analyzation? Do you take your newborn and take her temperature every single day? Is it by continually evaluating the development of that baby by this objective standard that we find in a manual? Like, every baby comes with a manual, right? Is it by daily weighing that little baby's poop and checking it against the spreadsheet graph of every one-month-old should poop this many ounces per day? The infograph on Pinterest... I had to slide poop in there because there's kids with us. I figured that would make their day. (laughs) Little potty humor. Or is the best way to simply enjoy your baby and let it grow and develop naturally as you feed it the healthiest way that you know 
give it lots of sunshine and fresh air. And isn't the best way to smile at that baby every day? Isn't it best to use the external rules loosely? Loosely. And assume the fact that given any kind of normal circumstances, and even in some cases less than ideal circumstances, babies are resilient. That baby is going to be just fine. I can testify to that. (laughs) Whenever there's a gap in understanding, whenever there's a gap in agreement between us, please let's meet on the bridge and there needs to be only one word that we can say and say it at the same time and it's the name Jesus he's it (laughs) y'all he's the reason we're here together in this room today he needs to be the only reason that we can be here together today to see these relationships grow and flourish as they otherwise could. In your marriage, in your friendships, let Jesus be the center. So I want you to picture your dream home. I have another analogy for you. I'm full of them. Suppose you found your dream home and you're told somebody bought it for you, dude. Somebody bought you your dream home Here's the keys. It's yours. Now, listen to me carefully. Now, let's work out the details. Does the fact that you're going to have to work out the details make the gift a garbage gift? Not at all. Does an ongoing cost, you're going to incur an ongoing cost to insure that home, does that make it a deal breaker? Forget it. I have to pay taxes on my dream home. Forget it. Y'all didn't include lifetime payment of my property taxes? Never mind. Don't want this gift. It's garbage. And it's true that even in the newest of homes, once you get in there and you're living in it, something's going to break. Something's going to go wrong. Does it make the home any less yours? Is it any less a beautiful, outrageous gift? Of course not. Of course not. Let me ask you this. Would you go out and try to pay for that home you were just given? (laughs) It's not such a dumb illustration. Because I have seen in this area of relationships people who put it on themselves and they try to put it on others to pay for what they've already been given as a gift. Happens all the time. Or the ongoing cost of maintenance and upkeep causes them to leave relationships that were theirs as a gift and go pay dearly for something not as good. So think about this. It's yours by the blood of Jesus. Now... Let's work out the details. See, if you don't get this, you're going to function in every relationship you have from this basis of grasping for what you think you are missing. 
You'll function in all your relationships from this foundation of insecurity. So instead of measuring and examining every relationship we have in coaching, I don't know how many of you, if you're familiar with life coaching, in life coaching they call it the manual. And don't kid yourself, we all got our manuals. I have my manual for how he should behave towards me. Good luck with that one. On any given day, I can flip it to whatever page and say, you are not. This is what the manual says. You have a manual, ladies, for what you think your girly friendships should look like. How many times they should, you know, what, what your friend should do with you, for you. It's crazy, the manuals that we have. I hope you don't have a manual for pastor's wife. <laughs> Y'all, I got news for you. I don't function according to manuals, in case you haven't figured it out by now. Uh, so instead of measuring and examining every relationship we have, it actually isn't necessary, hear me, to measure at all. And I want you to let that settle on you. That's a deep revelation because we all do it. We all measure. We all examine. We all have our manuals. You're always going to have two choices. And if you're taking notes, write down these two words. Evaluate or enjoy. Two choices. Only two. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, God has given us all things richly to enjoy. I have to make a brief aside here. Make sure you understand that I am speaking broadly. I'm speaking to most ordinary circumstances. There's always going to be the exception. There's always going to be someone who is truly toxic. Somebody who's a little bit of a psychopath, right? Uh, those are the rare exceptions. And they don't fall under the jurisdiction of this teaching. So our main text is Ephesians 2, verses 13 through the end, and I'm going to read through quickly. But now in Christ, you who once were far away have been brought near. How? Through the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one. And he has torn down the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing. Here's how he did it. By abolishing in his flesh, the law of commandments contained in ordinances. He did this to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace and reconciling both to God in one body. How? Through the cross. By this way, he extinguished the hostility. He came powerful, powerful. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to you who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by the same Spirit. 
Therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are fellow citizens with the saints. And you are members of God's household. Pause. Some things just are, family. You don't have, you don't have to do anything to make it more so. Some things just are. And built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In Jesus, this whole building is fitted together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to a, into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. Verse 15 talks about ordinances abolished. What are ordinances the law they're all the fine print rules in this case in in the in the uh, context that Paul was preaching they're the fine print laws associated with the Ten Commandments it and they ended up with 603 I think it was ordinances but y'all we have our own ordinances don't we remember the manuals I talked about those are ordinances. <laughs> rules that made men acceptable to God. Do we not have rules that secretly we think, you know, you'd be more acceptable to me if you just paid attention to my manual. Chapter 8. Read it. I'd like you a little better. <laughs> In the New Covenant, our fellowship, again, is centered on Christ alone. We belong to each other by blood. And the moment I add anything to that, I am in danger of shibboleth. I am in danger of creating an ordinance that's just going to hang over both of our heads. Kind of like this. Think about this. Have you ever seen a sign that says, wet paint, don't touch? What's the first thing you do? Is it really still wet? I do it. <laughs> I do, don't I? <laughs> and what about this? Whatever you do, don't think of a red flag. Don't wait. Don't you dare think of a red flag. What's the first thing y'all just did? I promise. You can't help it. Bam. You went all morning and you never thought of a red flag till I asked you because my manual says in chapter two that red flags are just not part of this relationship. So don't think about them. We have so many. What about this red flag ordinance? Getting in touch with your Hebrew roots is more better. Come join us in our small group. I'm sorry, I shouldn't. Mm. I got carried away. Sarcasm is the lowest form of humor. I have to remember that. Or what about this one? I'm going to do it again. I can feel it. Please overlook me. <laughs> Betty Sue's husband gathers his family every night, and he prays over them, and he reads the scripture to them. 
Betty Sue's husband is such a good spiritual head of his family. That's going to make Tim want to step up, let me tell you. If I ever said that to him, he'd be like, oh, Betty Sue's husband ain't got nothing on me. No, no. That red flag ordinance is not going to make my husband want to step up and be more like Betty Sue's husband, right? What about this one? I've written a book. (laughs) And in that book, you will find a checklist to evaluate whether your church has a spiritually toxic atmosphere. And by all means, evaluate your church according to that list. Or what about, I know I'm perilously close to real life. What about this one? She never picks up her phone. She's just not that good a friend. (laughs) All y'all are looking at me. Stop. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Or what about this one? She calls all the time. She won't text. (laughs) Or what about this? Trust me, I know what real friendship looks like. Close friends can drop in on each other any time, day, or night. Huh? (laughs) You guys, worship warfare used to be a big one, and I'm all for it. But if that's your ordinance... Worship warfare, you might eventually find yourself swinging plastic machetes while you're singing, this is how I fight my battles. And you'll do the rock thing, this is how I fight my battles, right? (laughs) And you'll be like, here is your magic machete. Sign up for my class and I will teach you how to do worship Warfare. And then all your disciples are going to be humming the demons out of the doorknobs. <laughs> but here's the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, mm, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, you'll be over there with your plastic machete, and I'm going to be over here because shibboleth. <laughs> Those kind of issues, a shibboleth not only divides us, but a shibboleth is going to make you weird. It's going to make you a little bit weird. So we, <laughs> we have to take every red flag ordinance and nail it to the cross. Because your ordinance, I mean, we've been funny, but this, this is where I really hope you hear me. Especially in, in some of us in, in our marriage. Your ordinance can even be a legitimate thing. But until you remove it as an ordinance over that person you love, you will never see that relationship grow as beautifully and as naturally as it otherwise could. Aren't you glad that Jesus abolished the picky rules for you. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us. 
Oh, there's so much more I, I could say, you guys. I cut out two-thirds of this message because by gifting, when I take all the gifting test, tests, I'm equal parts like gift of prophecy and teacher. And the teacher in me really wants to come out and play this morning. <laughs> I want to establish precedent. I want to set history. I want to explain some theology. I want to, and I'm, my page is stuck. Hold on. And it's really stuck. I want to try. <laughs> okay, wait. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would love to track the trajectory of certain philosophies, certain manuals that we have for one another. I would love to show you where they end up, and it's never a pretty place. But he won't let me. No, really, he won't let me. I read my notes to him, and he was like, no, it's going to have to be way shorter, babe. So I, I did cut it. It's fine. <laughs> I threw you under the bus. <laughs> but here's the thing. I promise it boils down to this. You have two choices always in every normal relationship, whether it's with a friend, with your spouse, with your church, and those two choices are, does anybody remember? Evaluate or enjoy. Because see, God didn't give me a husband to analyze. He did not give me the gift of a friend to fulfill my big, beautiful ideas of what the friendships between women should look like. It's not why he gave her to me. He didn't give me this church for my cross examination. He has called me to live in love, not with my ideal of Christian community, but with my very flawed brothers and sisters, people with faces names, addresses, embodied, not necessarily on the interwebs, although all y'all who are home, you're good, you're good, I promise you. <laughs> he gave me a marriage not to fulfill the biblical mandate that every godly marriage, what that should be. Guys, how many messages have you heard in your Christian walk? That in reality, if you're not very careful and you don't come at it from a foundation of grace, is going to create so many manuals, so many shibboleths. Y'all have a new word for each other, don't you? <laughs> Shibboleth, she's shibbolething me. <laughs> God gave me a marriage to love one man well, to take good care of him, to feed him sometimes. <laughs> I can cook. 
And seriously, just, just to love him the best way I know how. He gave me a marriage so that I could understand what it feels like to care about his well-being. Passionately care about that. He, those of you who are married, he has given you to each other simply to take care of. To walk each other home. Those of you who are single, you aren't exempt. I promise you. You have been given relationships that are crying out for you to tend them and to love them. And we want to spend all our time trying to figure out how we can build a social media platform when we have human beings and next door neighbors who need us to look them in the eye and say, how are you today, really? Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> if Jesus nailed ordinances to the cross just to be in intimacy and friendship and community with me, I sure as shooting... I talk spicy, in case you didn't know, but only at home. I won't do it here. I mean, I've said poop, but that's, that's all. <laughs> Surely I can dig out my secret ordinances that I have in my back pocket towards you, BJ. You know I have them. I can pick on BJ. Surely I can pull out my manual for BJ and just nail it to the cross too. Jesus did that for me. He did that for me. God gave us precious gifts of relationships so that we can practice being kind. So that we can feel what it actually feels like to choose the welfare of someone else above that of ourselves. Think about it. We like to kind of theorize about that. Preachers love to preach about it. But God gave us the gift of relationships so that we can really feel what that, I am funny. So we can feel what that feels like. So we can feel what it's like to not be easily provoked. So we can embody and understand what sticking and staying looks like. Your relationships in your marriage, in your friendships, here in this church, those relationships are a bought-by-blood fact. They just are, y'all. They've been given to you as sheer, miraculous gift. Evaluate or enjoy. It's really true. I'm not going to go into all the many details of how 
the Holy Spirit has brought these things home to roost in my life. And I discover manuals that I did not know that I had. And the ones that I knew that I had, I'm like, but they're really legitimate. Like, I, I can open my Bible and, and show you that, that, that this manual is legitimate. And then the Holy Spirit is like, but yeah, so's the law. The law's perfect. All right, Lord. If nothing ever changes, I'm just going to look at this relationship as the miraculous, sweet gift that it is. So I want you to look at the person next to you or look at the person behind you if they're still six feet away. You're still social distancing. Look at them and say, you are mine. No, yeah, it's a little awkward between BJ and David, I'm noticing. Sorry, gentlemen. No, but really. You guys are good friends. I know this about you. You belong to each other. And for the sake of live stream, they're buddies. Buddies. You are mine. Now let's work out the details. And I sure hope that you are in it for the long haul. Whoever is your person, your friend, your spouse, your parent, son, daughter. I hope you're in it for the long haul because y'all working out the details is costly. It's the work of a lifetime. It's going to take you the rest of your life to do it well and to do it as beautifully as you know how. Shouldn't that be the goal? Amen. Can we pray? Y'all are getting out of here. It's such a good time. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you. Father, we ask for a deep healing for ourselves, for our nation. Lord, you know the church has been through some of the darkest days. And I do believe that way more than 42,000 relationships have been thrown off a bridge over a pet issue. And so we repent as a body, we change our mind and we choose a much better thought. And that thought is we choose to enjoy one another. We choose to see each other as the gift from God that they are. 
And Lord, we do ask you for a supernatural healing in churches across this land. That, Father, you would mend what has been broken, Lord. That you would reconcile where it's meant to be reconciled. And Father, show us the way forward to walk with one another in our homes and in all our relationships from love. And we thank you for that. Everyone said, Amen. To its fullest. Now, if you haven't tuned in yet, I have a podcast that airs Monday through Friday. It's good news that actually is. It's three to five minutes. I know some of you don't believe I can do that. I'm, I'm averaging three, three minutes and ten seconds on my podcast but because uh, the Holy Spirit told me to do it. He's trying to train me and prep me, and uh, you know. So, but anyway, um, from the feedback I've been getting back from, it's been very positive. It's been uplifting to, to everybody that's getting on there. And this past Friday, in fact, I interviewed Mark Matchin from Alabama. He's been here before. Many of you loved him when he came. And uh, I'll be interviewing Trisha Gunn coming up, and uh, I'll be interviewing Jeremiah Johnson and Rob Rufus, and a whole bunch of others will be on that podcast on my Friend Fridays. So uh, be sure to tune in. You can subscribe on the blog site at www.goodnewsthatactuallyis.com, and you'll get an email Monday through Friday with the links. All you do is click the link of your preference. And it takes you straight to the podcast. You can also see it in video if you wish. So uh, just make everybody aware of that. And you can help me by sharing it. We want to encourage as many people as we can possibly encourage right now. This is my arrow being shot at the enemy right now. I want to encourage as many people as I can possibly encourage as a payback for 2020. (laughs) <laughs> want to make him pay, amen? What a great encouragement from the Lord. Hello again. We want to invite you to subscribe to this ministry. We would love to hear from you. Contact us at our website, www.harvestchurchknoxville.com. Click on the Connect button and leave us a message. We'll respond to you just as soon as we can. You can also interact with us on Facebook at Harvest Church. Our request is that you pray for us and also pray about financially supporting this ministry so it can continue to go out. No gift is too small. If you have a local church, please don't neglect it in your giving whenever giving to this ministry. There's three easy ways to give and all our giving options are secure. Your first option is at our website, again, www.harvestchurchknoxville.com. Click on the Give button and follow the steps. Your second option is via text. Send a text to 865-366-4993 with the amount that you wish to give in the message section. Your third option is via snail mail. Send it to Harvest Church. 6720 Kern Road, that's K-E-R-N, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37918. 
If you are in the Knoxville, Tennessee area and you don't have a church home, we invite you to come and be with us. We'd love to see you. Again, thank you for listening. Our prayer for you is that you grow in your knowledge of Christ Jesus and experience great increase of grace and peace. Remember, Jesus really loves you.